you're listening to the Fearless Business Podcast. You're in the best place to learn about how to grow a business, get more clients, and make more money without fears and limitations, all while having fun in the process. Robin Waite is the founder of Fearless Business, a business accelerator helping coaches, consultants, and freelancers double their income and more. Now here's your host, Robin Waite. Welcome back, everybody. It's the next episode of the Fearless Business Podcast. I'm your host, Robin Waite, the Fearless Business Coach. I have got an amazing guest on the show today in Chelsea Baldwin. Welcome to the show, Chelsea. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. My pleasure. Chelsea is the founder of Business Bitch, a multi-business entrepreneur. To date, she has helped hundreds of newbie and growing entrepreneurs get their businesses established and making real money. She believes impatience is a virtue in business and chasing your goals and is also the host of the Business Bitch podcast. So I'm really looking forward to getting stuck in, especially with a company <laughs> name like that as well, Chelsea. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. Awesome. So listen, you, you've um, run many or uh, several businesses over the years. Um, and one of the things which I wanted to really tap into today um, with you is about this notion of going from freelance to small agency. So mm-hmm. many people start out as a, as a one-man band. Many people watching and listening to this, they're sort of solopreneurs, coaches, consultants, freelancers. Um, so my, I guess my first question is, how do you know when is the right time to grow into a small agency? Yeah, well, I just started seeing the opportunity because I started my career as a freelance writer. Um, Freelance writer turned that into a business. So I would take myself more seriously and hopefully make some more money, which worked. And I started getting more clients. So, um, yeah, I started getting booked. I got booked solid. And then, I don't know, I just kind of realized I could keep referring work out or I could have people contract underneath me and I could take some money off the top and still like basically have that same model. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of how I realized it. I kind of like had to work hard as a freelancer to get fully booked and have like the LLC set up, which is like just the basic business setup here. Um, and then I realized, yeah, okay. I could, I could do this. I could hire people underneath me because I had like my systems of how I wrote and I could, I had like digital trainings for that as well, which we could talk about a little bit too. But um, if the writers were willing to do my trainings, then why wouldn't I be able to expand? So what, when, when was there kind of a point when you were like, cause I'm guessing probably the, the most worrying moment was taking on that first hire kind of everybody else after that is it's a little bit different. Yeah. So was there a moment where you were like, Oh gosh, am I doing the right thing? Yeah. Yeah. And there's definitely a big learning curve because, well, fortunately for me, I decided not to do full-time employees type of things. I just use subcontractors. So they were still freelancers in their own right. Um, but I subcontracted to them, but yeah, it was like, Oh, okay. I hope this works. I was maybe more confident in them than I should have been. Um, because I thought, okay, they've done my trainings. This is exactly how I write. i put it out exactly. Like if they follow the steps, they'll have this great copy. And it's not like they delivered bad, like copywriting, but it wasn't quite up to my standard. So but you're um, a rock star though, Chelsea. So it's never going <laughs> to, it's never going to quite be up to. Right. 
Because well, us entrepreneurs, we put out 160% of what a normal person uh, puts out. So probably they were doing all right. It's just, it wasn't Chelsea. Yeah, it was okay. But it was like, I made these trainings to be able to take okay copy to like the really next level. And that's what my clients were expecting from me and anyone who worked underneath me. So I had to, there was, there was just a learning curve there. That's all. So what did you do to overcome that then in terms of making sure that the freelancers you were taking on were doing as good or as close to a good a job as Chelsea could do? Yeah. Well, for the first one, I just kind of like edited it before I passed it off to the client, which was still a lot less time than me having to write everything from scratch. So it was fine. But then I set up a process to where like I would be giving the writers feedback. And then as a writer, if you're a good writer, you get better and better with feedback over time. So I just kind of realized there's going to be a learning curve for each person that comes on like, okay, this is how it's done. This is, needs to be to this level before I send it off. Um, yeah. So I, I made like a process and I made a video, like this is the process that we walked through. I started using like, a, what are those things called? Like project management software to kind yeah. of like internally lead us through the steps on the different projects we had going on. Cause you don't want to be repeating the same thing like over and over and over again to different people. It just, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's not an, an efficient way to do it. And so yeah, it, yeah. did you, did you notice what, what, um, what was the upside of doing that? What, how did the results, how did you kind of think, yeah, this is really working now. What was, what was going on? Yeah. Well, once you can get a system in place and like perfect it, like it does take some time. Like I just said it quick in a sentence, but it does take some time and some time investment and some energy investment. But once you get that solid, that solid foundation there, then it's just a matter of replicating it and doing it over and over again. And then like with creative work, like with writers, for example, they also get better at what you're doing. So it's less difficult to like you, you kind of just get over the hump. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. I, f- I yeah. feel like I'm probably going to get a bit of imposter syndrome when we write up your blog article for this podcast. So maybe you'll have to give that a wash <laughs> or get, get one of your team to give it a wash afterwards as well. Um, I'm really interested to, to, how did that, how does that then lead into sort of, um, cause you do, you have several sort of digital products as well. So did you repurpose yeah. some of those trainings and then turn them into digital products? Well, I made them as digital products first. And then uh, we're like, oh, well, th- well, this is, I'm training you. Like I have a write a better website course. I have a blogging with balls masterclass and like a uh, training on email sequences. So it's like, okay, well, this is how I write web copy. This is how I write blog posts. And this is how we do email sequences. And I made those and sold them for people who wanted copy like at my level, but couldn't afford the, you know, high end copywriter prices. And then it was like, oh, well this like, I also had a lot of writers buying them and taking them and thanking me for them because it helped them improve their skill. So that's where I kind of sourced the pool of people was like, oh, well, you've taken all these courses. Like you want to maybe subcontract, like send over some samples of what you've done and we'll like talk. It's uh, a great way to do it. Yeah. Do you mind me asking like what, um, what sort of volume of these courses were you, were you selling? And do you mind me asking, can I ask how much? Yeah, I wasn't selling them at a huge volume, actually, because I was just doing them to my email list. Um, but like, for example, the first course I did was the um, the Writer Better website course. It had a different name at that time. I don't know why. I didn't obviously name it that from the get-go because it's clearly, obviously what it is. Um, oh, well, you learn, you change. Um, that was the first one I launched. And so 
I just launched it over like a seven day email only launch one email per day, maybe two emails on the last day to be like, okay, here's the last day. Okay. Now here's really your last chance to buy it. Um, and I converted really well, something like four or 5%, which is, you know, for like just starting from like not really warming people up and just being like, Oh, Hey, here's this course. Like it was a really good thing, but also there was like the demand there for it. Um, but I launched it a handful of times after that to the email list because the email list was growing and then people who heard about it before, but didn't buy it, wanted to buy it. So, um, yeah, I wasn't doing ads with it, which I, in hindsight, absolutely should have been doing. And I'm actually right now, as we record this, like wrapping up a revamp of that course. Like, so I've redone the slides, I've re-recorded everything and, I am going to start like running ads for that course because it's such a good course. Um, but so I can sell it in those volumes, but I wasn't doing it in massive volumes back then. Yeah, it sounded like so your launch process sounded a little bit like um Jeff Walker's, you know, a product launch formula type launch. So he talks about okay. doing sort of a seven to 14 day email sequence and slowly warming people yeah. up. And, right. We've got a limited time left now there's three days before the cart opens or closes or which way whichever right. way around it is and it's quite an efficient quick way of kind of you know because I, I um uh there's a a, a term which I, I use for explaining this to our clients called the espresso machine which I um hmm. stole it from Perry Marshall who's another great consultant so he says if you walk into an, uh, a Starbucks a lot of the Starbucks have an espresso machine up on the countertop and it's not there just to look pretty they have a price tag on it so you can buy it and it's like why would you go into Starbucks and buy a, an espresso machine well because mm-hmm. they know that for every like 10,000 people who come into a Starbucks they'll go can I have my skinny latte a bag of beans and that espresso machine because I love Starbucks oh, interesting. I want Starbucks experience at home so the like what I'm saying here is that a lot of people yeah. they've got these amazing products, but they just don't tell anybody about them. They don't put their their espresso machine on display. So all right. you did there was like, I've got this course. I'll just put it out to people and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, it was crazy because even now it's not like on display on my website, the Writer Better website course, which is so. <laughs> It's kind of dumb, but like, so the person I learned how to make digital courses and launch a digital course from was like, oh, you need to like keep it hidden on your website. Don't let people buy it unless they like sign up for your freebie first. Or I don't know. He must have been like obsessed with conversion rates or something, but, but it definitely will be. Yeah. Like once I get, like, I'm making the sales page today, I'm making the landing page for the freebie today. So it's like, I'm making it happen. Um, but yeah, you need to have it on display because what can I say? Curse words? Well, of course you can. <laughs> why the fuck not? <laughs> uh, like, why the fuck not? Why wouldn't you have it up there? And then if people don't buy until the launch, they don't buy until the launch. But it's like, if someone really wants to know how I write web copy, they can find out and they can buy it. Yeah, absolutely. And so this has kind of led you to, I mean, it sounds a bit sort of accidentally on purpose, but it's led to you to kind of create a nice sort of side hustle with some passive income. Yeah. How successful has that been? And what, what's that, what's your sort of personal approach to generating passive income? Um, yeah, I really like that accidentally on purpose phrase. I feel like that's my whole career. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's been good because like, after I made the first course, started a better website, I got an immediate idea for a smaller, like little mini course that I started selling. Um, 
like I valued it at $47 and it's definitely worth $47, but I knocked the price down and sold it for like seven bucks after like someone signed up for a freebie. And so that was like a good little piece of revenue for me that like generated, I don't know, enough to pay like a bill every month yeah. or something. Um, which, you know, it's not a shit ton of money, but it's like enough to like make a little bit of a difference in your budget. Um, so yeah, so then I did that. I made a, what do you call those? Like a membership site, a membership group for a while on my yep. copy power agency that my other business is called copy power. That's a copywriting agency. And so every month for them, I would make a small little digital training that I could then sell as its own, um, training. So nice. yeah. Yeah. And that's where the funny, blogging actually, with the Cosmos. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say that, uh, uh, you know, many entrepreneurs talk about kind of, you know, well, they see that the successful entrepreneurs have multiple streams of revenue come in. And I think mm -hmm. you can, you can look at those big words and, you know, assimilate that you've got to have the same big, they've got to be carrying big weighty numbers of revenue coming through for each of those multiple streams of revenue. But, you know, that it's not necessarily the case, is it? Because, um, mm -hmm. you know, if, if you've got a successful consulting business, if you've got a successful, you know, freelance copywriting business as well, plus the agency side of it, plus you've got an extra bit of cash coming through. I call it beer money, basically. You've got beer money coming in through other... That's other a good way to describe it. Yeah, that core, that little mini course was beer money. <laughs> it is, but it's like, my, you know, my books, I get a few hundred yeah. pounds a month coming through from those. I've got a Udemy course, which I get a few quid from. I've got Google ad traffic coming through, you know, AdSense mm -hmm. coming through off my YouTube channel. So there's all these little bits, but actually when you add all of these multiple streams up, they actually come to something a bit more substantial, you know? Um, yeah. So that, so it kind of makes it worthwhile. Do you sometimes think that kind of putting a lot, you know, would you say you've got a good ROI from putting those courses together? Yes and no, because you can also spread yourself too thin. And I like to produce and I have so many ideas. Like this is my personal like self-sabotaging behavior is like, ooh, idea, idea, idea. And then go produce the idea, produce the idea, produce the idea. I not always promote the past ones to do them justice and then also make money from them. Um, so yeah, it's really great to have multiple streams of income, but with the warning of just don't try too many too quickly because you'll spread yourself too thin and then actually like not be as profitable as you want to be. Yeah. Get, get I've learned that from experience. <laughs> Guilty as charged, Your Honor. I've been there, yeah. done that as well. I think I think everybody does at some point, don't they? So yeah. how did you how did you get into the world of kind of copywriting, freelancing, and and that side of things in the first place? Yeah, well, my degree is in journalism, and so I graduated in 2010 with a journalism degree, which was right after the last recession, or the last recession was still kind of lingering, and. So a lot of companies were closing and that was also the time when a lot of newspapers were going online. E-reader, e-readers already existed, but they were becoming more of a thing like reading digitally, which we is so like, just, you don't even think about it now, but it was like becoming more of a thing and people were getting scared of it and print media companies were closing. Yeah. Um, so it was really hard to get a job. I actually didn't get one. So I, even though I had a really good resume, like I was like, the overachiever in college. Um, but I still didn't get a job. So I started freelancing online and then with freelancing and getting better and wanting to earn more money. And then also not having to want to deal with edits 
that you have to do from the editors. I started learning how writing works online, how it works with business, how it like kind of contributes to the bottom line, like how every single piece of content online should in some way do that. Um, and yeah, I guess that's where the accidentally on purpose thing comes in because then I got like really interested in it and intrigued by it and was like, well, I can make more money doing this and I don't have to have like an uncomfortable wardrobe or go live somewhere random or, you know, like, um, we, we've turned to a stuffy to office. You've turned that up to 11 with lockdown as well, I think, because it's so nice yeah. to, to like wander into your home office and just, you know, not have to think too much about some of those things anymore. <sighs> Yeah. And people are like all upset, like obsessed about like how they can't go back to wearing like their work wardrobe and they just want to wear leggings and sweatshirts and tank tops all the time. And I'm just like, yeah, I have been doing that for years. (laughs) (laughs) Like I have a sweatshirt and leggings on right now. And this is like, I I couldn't, I couldn't wear something else all day long. It's even jeans are so uncomfortable. (laughs) Absolutely. And where did, um, so how does business bitch fit into this? Where, where, at what point did you decide I need to form that? that Well, I did a launch for copy power for my copywriting membership, actually, which I don't have that membership anymore, but I did a launch for it and it totally just went kaput. It did not perform well, which for someone who is like a high-end copywriter who always gets like double to triple conversion rates when I like do something for a client it really goes up if it didn't perform for me it's like what is wrong like what happened um and in hindsight I can see why things kind of started breaking down but at the time it was like what um so I decided to take like a month off like I maintained the business I worked with my clients I fulfilled all my duties as that business owner, all the promises I had made, of course, but I wasn't like focusing on growth. Cause I was just like, I'm going to take extra time and I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to see what I want to do. And it was in that time when like, it was in February and I was getting ready to kind of go, uh, go to a Galentine's dinner with some of my friends. And I was in the shower and businessbitch.com the idea came to me and because I had all these coaching things under copy power as well. Like I had made these digital trainings in the membership community. I was doing a lot of coaching. A lot of the requests I was getting for was coaching on the freelancer, the consultant business model, and like also digital products because people saw me doing, you know, decently well with digital products. Um, so a lot, I was producing a lot of coaching material. And so the idea hit me, businessbitch.com. And then, you know, I'm like washing my hair, whatever. I have to finish the shower. Um, So all these other ideas start coming to me with the things that I can do with that name, like Business Bitch Podcast, some product names that I can put out. And so I get out and I go to businessbitch.com. It's not a thing, like it's for sale through huge domains or whatever it was. Um, Obviously without the price listed. (laughs) 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 I wanted some money for it. Um, but still it was like, Oh, this is available. So I looked at the social medias, people who had tried to use business fish in the past, but it had been like nine years, five years, four years since they had literally posted a single thing. Um, so they obviously weren't trying to do anything with it anymore. Um, and then, so I started looking up for a lawyer cause this is on the weekend. And then on Monday I 
started getting in touch with the lawyers to kind of help me go through that. And they checked every, and I got a lawyer. She checked everything out for me. Everything was in the clear. So I bought the URL. I made the LLC and put the website up, started producing content and applied for the trademark, which, yeah, the trademark thing takes forever. So we're still like working on that. And and what, because obviously there was something that was going on beforehand that was uncomfortable. I don't know if that's the right word, but there was something going yeah. on before that you were moving away from. And then now we've got this new identity business pitch. So what, how did you feel after you'd registered everything? Did it like solidify where you wanted to get to? Yeah, it felt really good because I could have all the coaching there and copy power could just be a copywriting agency because part of the hindsight is realizing I was trying to fit all of this stuff under a copywriting agency, which should just be focused on copywriting. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, so yeah, it feels good to have like something where we can talk business and like copywriting business go hand in hand, but they're also still two very different things. And do you, do you find, cause you've got the two different sort of entities, do you find you have to behave differently? One's, one's just like, you know, it feels like quite, it's quite formal and quite, yeah. you know, but then you got business bitch. And do you, do you, are, you, are you the full on like business bitch? Or? Yeah. Well, I started copy power with like a very sassy voice as well. <laughs> So I, yeah, I've just kind of always been that way. And that was part of the copy power agency too. Like some people would send me these nice little unsubscribed notes. They were unsubscribing because I used curse words in my emails from copy power. And I was like, okay, well, sorry. (laughs) Bye. Um, (laughs) So yeah, it's just always been me to kind of have the sassy writer, like sassy blog posts and emails kind of personality. So The name business bitch really encapsulates that, but I was still very much that person beforehand too. That's it. It's it's funny actually. People's perceptions of um, because I'm I mean I I swear like a trooper and um, curse like a trooper, and um, I've been I've had people who've kind of they tried to kind of pull you up on it and things like that. But actually, when you I'm I'm a business coach. The end of the day, the average business in the UK is about twenty years older than me, grey hair and suit, you know, and tie. And I'm turning up in t-shirts and jeans and saying fucking shit all over the place. And, you know, but, but the thing is though, that you have to have that element of polarization. If you're not repelling people, you're also not attracting people. It's like a magnet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You become too bland and bland is boring. And so, yeah, you may not be for everybody, but if you try to be for everybody, you're for nobody. And so I'd rather be for the people that I enjoy working with. So yeah, if you, sailor. if you had some advice <laughs> for somebody who is maybe about to start out as either a freelancer or maybe set up a coaching practice or something like that, what would be your top one, two or three tips that you would give them? I would say like, first of all, like focus on sales and profitability. Like a lot of times, like I, I did this too. Um, you kind of see the business owners and business models that you want to emulate. And so the front side of the business are the things that you see, like the social media posts, the emails, the blogs, the podcasts, or whatever, all the front stuff they're doing. But you have to have like the cash flow on the back end to support it. And you can actually have a great business that pays you well without having all that facade front stuff. Like a lot of people run a great business just based off of an Instagram page, which isn't something that I would personally do, but they do. They don't even have a website and they make six figures. 
Um, or you can have like a great business without having a website. Like I have a podcast interview with someone who ran a business, started a business, has employees even and everything without a website. Um, so focus on sales, focus on getting the customers first. That should be your most important focus. And you don't need a lot of like bells and whistles to do that. That's something I wish I would have learned earlier on. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I totally agree with that because I, I, um, I, I myself I ran a marketing agency for 12 years and then I pivoted mm-hmm. into coaching four years ago. And um, I, having built, spent 12 years building websites um, for other people, I got a bit bored of it after 12 years. And then when I set mm-hmm. up the coaching practice, I just um, thought, I can't be bothered to build a website. I'm a coach now. I don't need to, don't need to build websites anymore. Right. So I just set up something. It's, um, we have a, I don't know whether you've got it in the US, but um, it's called about.me where you can just set up a really simple one page website. Basically, mm. it's nothing else. It's a headshot and a little bit of a bio, couple of links to social and that was it. That did me for my first 12 months. And like you said, I was able yeah. to get six figures like because I was just solidly focused on running events speaking to people and getting consultations booked in you know and that that was the start of the coaching practice and then it wasn't it wasn't until I kind of um started to bit probably maybe a bit like what you did with like establishing yourself as business bitch and that you know that second business um it was the same for when I kind of uncovered fearless business it was then right Mm. now I've got to take this a bit more seriously and give it the identity which it deserves I think Yeah. And I have a lot of clients too, who start out as like consultants or freelancers, especially people who have lost their jobs and then realize they want to do their own thing. It's like, just start with your LinkedIn page. Like, let's get some good stuff up on your LinkedIn profile. That's all you need. You can do all the networking and all the sales and all the closing you need through LinkedIn. Um, So yeah, it can be very simple. Cool. So what are you working on at the moment? Yeah. So my big thing right now, my big, big focus is the write a better website course from copy power. And, uh, I have redone the whole thing. I've re-recorded it, redone the scripts, the slides, all of it, the videos, and I am getting that course up and running so that I can automate it so that I can sell it. Like that's something that I wish I would have done ages ago, like running ads to it, but I don't know. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty. So well, whatever. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's my big focus right now. So actually it's Wednesday, March 10th when we're recording this. And I have an internal deadline of the morning of March 12th to be able to turn it on. Right. To turn the whole thing on. Gosh, no um, pressure. Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I set that deadline a month ago. Um yeah. And like March 12th starts like a conference, like I'm attending virtually, but that I'm going to. So I thought, okay, that would be a great deadline for this to get that done. Watch the conference over like Friday on the weekend. And then, yeah. What do you think is the hardest thing you've had to deal with as a business owner? I think the hardest thing has been just realizing like the money, you know, like you are your only source of money. And so if you slack off, your income slacks off and there are systems you can put into place. Like I'm trying to like with write a better website, get an automated system based on ads. So it's much easier, but when you're building it and starting it off, like 
I'm all on that. So I'm slacking off a little bit on my business coaching sales. So I'm not getting as many clients coming in. Right. So that is like one of the hardest, harshest truths of reality to face, I guess. And it's not even like I've had a full, like I came from the full-time job space because I absolutely didn't. I've only had one like real job my entire life. So it's not like I got used to the cushy, like twice a month paycheck, but yeah, that's, that's the reality of it. <laughs> I have to ask what was, what was the, what was your one proper job? Oh, well, I've had like a ton of jobs, but like real, real office job. Like I've, I've done it all. I started at CVS, like a pharmacy at 17. I worked in a grocery store. I worked in a factory. I did like online English teaching. I've done um, in-person English teaching. Um, but like my, my job, job, my career job was when I worked, I started out as a content writer and then two weeks later got promoted to content director. And then I was chief marketing officer of an app development company. And I worked there for like a year. And that was enough to put you off. to go yeah, and I, start quit. Running your own I quit in April, 2014. So almost Jesus, seven years ago. Gosh, well, you're still, still young in business years. Cause I mean, I, I've been going now, believe it or not for 20 odd years with my various, really? of, yeah, various wow. businesses. So, but it, it's, it flies by. It's amazing, isn't it? It does. Yeah. Um, awesome. Well, we're, we're kind of coming towards the end Chelsea. So I've mm-hmm. got a couple of questions just to wrap up. So okay. you have got, you mentioned you've got a couple of um, sort of freebies, basically not full courses, but they need yeah. to full courses. So where can people go to find those and how can they get hold of you? Yeah. So at businessbitch.com, there's a freebies tab that you can check all the freebies and get all the ones that you want. And then on getcopypower.com, that's my freelance or my copywriting agency. There's a free copy course tab that you can um, sign up for to learn how to write better website copy. Awesome. Okay. We'll we'll make sure that we include um, links to both of those in the show notes as well. So everybody can get hold of those. Obviously you can go and check out Chelsea's work on LinkedIn, Instagram, and uh, I think you mentioned it already, but the businessbitch.com hit the freebies tab. Mm -hmm. You can go and grab those there. Uh, And the business bitch podcast. Sorry. I had to throw that in. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. We'll make sure that we, I don't think we've got a link for that, but we'll make sure we get a link. Um, Chelsea and include that as well yeah Um, it's been a real pleasure appreciate you coming onto the show uh, this afternoon for us this morning for you um yeah thank you uh, for having me final question for you okay which I did forewarn you about so hopefully this will uh you've got something prepared so we're going to jump into the fearless business time machine it's Mm -hmm. a bit like the DeLorean on back to the future if you've ever seen that but better and fewer Iranians much more fun um you get to punch in the date at some point in your past and give a message to Chelsea. So what, when would it be? And what would you say to Chelsea T minus X number of years? Yeah. So let's see, I would go back in time five years ago, which was around the time I launched Brighter Better website for the first time. And I would tell myself, you have got to launch this, like do the launch, like you're planning, but then like take it to the masses, like get serious with ads and grow it. Because otherwise you will miss out on a lot of potential income over the years and you'll regret it. So just fucking do it. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And because I think- I've always been scared of spending on ads. I don't know. Well, I haven't needed ads. So I thought, oh, I don't need ads. But like, you know, if you want to scale, ads can help you scale faster than like other methods. 
Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it's it's interesting to see some of the new apps and things like that coming onto the marketplace now. But there's still plenty of there's a gold mine in YouTube ads, for example. There's um, mm-hmm. massive gold mine in Clubhouse, which has just come about. If they can keep ahead of the curve in terms of Twitter space right. and stuff, but um, so there's lots of opportunities still out there for you, Chelsea, despite missing the the, the boat or the party. <laughs> True. Yeah, like <laughs> I yeah, I'm much more mature in business, and I'm realizing like great ways to like partner with people um to sell the course to do affiliate stuff with it but yeah it's like it's a facepalm hindsight is 2020 moment I guess yeah well I I, my facepalm moment as well just to to share for transparency is um my first business building websites we started in 2004 and Zuckerberg obviously was building Facebook in his pants in Harvard you know in 2003 <laughs> and um, we were busy building websites for other people I kind of wish I'd doubled down on building some apps for ourselves because we might have mm. just lucked out I'm not suggesting I would have built Facebook probably nowhere right. close to it but I might have built something that uh, you know rather than building everybody else's dream but hey hindsight is oh one. well yeah, it is. You learn from it, that's for sure. <laughs> and we can all certainly live by JFDI as well. That's one of my slogans, just fucking do it. Because if you're procrastinating and sitting on the fence, well, you're going to be no better off, probably be worse off. So you might as well just get off your ass and do it. So 100% agree with that. Chelsea, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for giving up your time to come onto the podcast. We really appreciated you doing that and sharing your insights and knowledge about freelancing and about business bitches and everything else. <laughs> Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been fun. My pleasure.